3: Welcome along to the Shortball Rugby Pass podcast. Today is a Wednesday in New Zealand. I love Wednesdays. Wednesdays are all about the wind down to the weekend. And also, when it comes to Mitre 10 Cup, it's about winding up for the next week, which is just like last week, but the same as the week after. Millsy's headphones aren't working. We'll get that turned up in just a second. But we do welcome to the line, Mr. Darren Whitcomb, coach of the Far. Hello to you, Dubsy.
4: Good morning, Sumo. How are you going,
3: mate? Not too bad, mate. Uh, Tunny Fire in action tonight, but you're currently in the bush doing something. What are you doing in the bush?
4: Uh, just looking for boundary peaks, mate. Properties <laughs> on the market. Um, agents ask me to go down the bush and find some stuff. So, uh, no luck yet, but we'll get there. You,
3: you'll find some hood rats, bro. Is this the Waipu property, mate? Some hood rats probably come and stolen them and use them for firewood. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Quite possibly, Steve, so, Yeah, You know what it's like up here.
3: I do indeed. Hey, uh, Dubsy, uh, it's it's still a challenging season. You're not, not assured of a semi-final spot yet, but let's go back to the start of the year. Norton coming into this season on the back of two wins in two years, currently three wins out of six games. It has been, in every sense, a turnaround for the Tanifa. Uh What do you put it down to, mate?
4: Uh, mate, I, I think we, we just really... When I come back from Japan, I just had a look at what have, what have been going on and, and things like that, and I'm definitely not going to judge what has been um, in, in the last two years. But we, I just um, from those findings, it's really simplified things and really um, had a couple of key non-negotiables, some good values that we all got to stick by um, from management to players. So um, basically making sure we're all on the same page, mate. And um, I mean, we've got three values that we sort of stand by: integrity, work, and enjoyment. So, if we live those, we'll. Um, we'll we thought we would go alright. So, so far okay. Um, we've dropped a couple of games we probably shouldn't have. Mm. So we need to keep our feet on the ground and, and make sure we we go out tonight and enjoy our footy, but be ruthless with our execution. Nice,
5: no, say, Dubsy? You, you talk about uh, values and things like that, but. Um, now how good is it to have sort of local players come back i know you know in speaking to you uh, a few months back you know the, the dynamics of it all and um, you know how you know challenging it is to get some guys you know obviously out of the bush and things like that and uh, yeah. but how good is it to have you know, you know the, the guys like rene ranger and that uh, in your squad sort of just um, i suppose in some ways um, you know just um, hammers home, you know, what w- what those good values are of, uh, of being a North, well, Northlander. Is that what you'd, you'd, you'd call Or oh, a far. a good old tanifa, eh, know
4: Yeah, mate, yeah. Yeah, mate, I think it's huge, Um Like I've always said, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather you know, a player that's with, with, uh, not a rock star but willing to live, you know, be a Northlander and they know what Northland's about. I think you're going to get more out of them than a rock star coming in, Um doesn't really know what we're about um we'll, we'll get more value out of them um, and I, I think it's really something that our young players can inspire to. they see our local boys playing in the fair. I mean, we, we've got enough talent up here like you say it's just finding them in the, in the bush sometimes <laughs> we've got to find them we've got to find them and we've got to keep them on track so that's the goal for the next uh, two or three years while i'm here anyway is to try and build a, a good strong local local group of people
3: you're like a pig dog, Dubsy. You're like a pig dog going sniffing them out.
4: Yeah, mate. That's what it's all about, eh? <laughs> um, yeah. and, and it's a bloody good challenge, eh? We've, geographically, I think we're the biggest province um, with the most clubs and all of that. So it, it's, it's exciting. Um, it's a challenge. And um, uh, all our RDO staff, you know, all the office staff, we're, we're all in it together. So um, I hope we can um, make some strides forward. Dubsey,
3: you've had your ups and downs in your rugby career and um, I, I know there's been some pretty serious downs for you. Coming into a head coaching job and, and obviously you've had uh, coaching work in Japan with uh, George Cornier but coming back to Northern as a head coach, uh, did, did you have any anxieties around the attendant pressures of being a head coach of a provincial side, especially one you have a, an existing relationship with?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, I looked at that when I um, obviously came home a year early. I asked Mitsubishi for, for an exit. Obviously, looked at that before I said yes to come back. Um, Yeah, there's always expectations. I I think um, I went through a phase there where I was like, oh, yeah, I've made the right decision. But but I know deep down that I have. um, Like with our players, I I try and explain to them don't worry about what others' expectations are. If you know what what we want to do or what you want to do personally and, and keep on your. Keep on the path of your plan. Um, there's always going to be people, exterior stuff that's going to uh, put pressure on you. But if you can look past that, it, it's going to make things easier. So that's really what I've done and and believed in what what we we want to achieve as a union. Dubsy,
5: yeah, you know you spent a bit of time in Japan, and as you say, you sort of asked for a release a year a year early. I mean, there are a lot of differences, you know, in, in Japanese rugby compared to New Zealand. I mean, do you take you know any positives from your time over there and uh, and, and some of the, the learnings that you've sort of obviously undertaken and, and sort of bring them back to a small place like uh, like uh, Northland?
4: Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, sort of goes, correlates with what sumo. Sumo's question. I, I think, especially those anxieties and things, you, you learn to be a lot a lot more patient in Japan. You probably know yeah. very well, I Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are some different frustrations over there. So, I mean, I, I learned a lot in the, in the two years I spent um in Japan and and working with George, like he knows the systems over there inside and out. So he, um, I could sit back and watch and learn off him really. So I, I learned a lot about myself as a coach, and I've come back different. Uh, I'm a lot more patient, but more chilled out, um, less anxious, and all of that. Uh, so um, it, it's def- it was definitely good for me going away, personally and and professionally. So. It's good to be home,
3: now. Well, Dubsy, I know you guys are going into your storm now, so uh, you've still got four games to go in three weeks, mate. Starts tonight against the Targo uh, at Toll Stadium. I'm sure the stands will be full, mate, and uh, we'll see you for a Leon Rouge after.
4: Beauty. All right, then, guys. Thanks very much. Good, good to catch up. Good on you, Dubzy. Cheers,
3: Dubsy. Darren Whitcomb, coach Take of the Tanifa. Just uh, with some insights into what's going on up north. Look, it, it has been a season. I know I go on about the Tanifa, but uh, it has been a good turnaround for them. Like I say though, Milsey, they're not out of trouble yet. Wellington, Otago, Bay of Plenty, North, and Manawatu, five and four. That's basically the equation now. Yeah. Uh, Wellingtons and Bay of Plenty, the only two teams that have played their seven games, mm. so the rest have got to go through that that uh, big raft of games before the end of the season. North and Otago tonight. Otago's sitting second. Uh, North and sitting fourth currently. This is a massive sorting game for them, and yeah. then they've got another one on Sunday. Both teams,
5: yeah, it is. And then you know Otago coming off you know a bit of a high after um, you know convincingly beating beating Auckland. So this is really, I mean, if they can get this under the about, and he, you know Dubs, mentioned it before, there's probably a couple of games there that they should have won, and they yeah you know, could, could have possibly be sitting a little bit higher up the table. But you know it's it's, it's basically a, ch- a chance for them to get if they can get this one underway and get it under the about and and get a good win then it'll just give them lots of confidence going into the next two games because it is this this next um, few games is going to be massive. Oh, for it is, mate.
3: It's totally massive. You know, when you look at the Premiership too, switching sides here, Canterbury, you know, look, they are destined, I think, to yeah. be in the semis, if not top qualifier. But Taranaki play Tasman this week. Mm. That's 2v4. Harbour have got a tough game. Waikato have got a shield game against Canterbury as well. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I wouldn't count out anyone in that uh, Premiership at the moment, although Auckland's sitting still in the relegation spot mm-hmm. one point behind Counties Monaco who are in turn one point behind Waikato Waikato Counties Monaco and Auckland the bottom three teams in the
5: premiership yeah. something broke here yeah there's, there's something No, not, not totally right and I think the, the biggest concern is perhaps the team at the bottom at the moment you know, um, you know we've spoken about it before and um, you know, you hope they can try and get themselves off the off the bottom. But you know, even counties, you know, last week there was a you know, perfect opportunity for them to try and get some points. You know, it was, totally. a, it was a it was a draw. But um, you know, and Waikato, you know, they started with a hiss and a roar, and then it just goes to show out how hard this competition is. And I think you know, all those three teams have, have sort of played that um, you know those three or four games um, you know within a, a, a small amount of time. But it is a little bit concerning. Um, and you certainly hope that they can um, you know, start playing or finish the season well. So, you know, who knows who's going to end up at the bottom of the table. That's the, that's the concerning part, you know, that you know, those, those three teams at the top, the top of the North Island, bar Northland, yep. um, are struggling.
3: Yeah, no, I agree, mate. Um, interesting, we're North Harbour and Northland are the two best performing teams in the uh, wider Auckland Northern region. I, I think you've got some concerns. Let's so having a discussion today about uh, the makeup of this competition, you know, we're three weeks to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you name me five of your friends who know where everyone sits on the table and who
5: everyone's got next week? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think it wasn't (laughs) even last week. I didn't even know who's in the premiership or who's in the championship. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of like... I don't know. I kind of had a. After I thought about that, I thought, well, maybe do they need to revert back to just playing you know, each other once and then just going, going from that and reverting back to the old NPC system? Well, as someone pointed out this morning
3: to me, you know, this, this whole system was instituted because of the window for the Rugby World Cup back in 2011. Oh, wow. And we've kept the status quo, which, which may suit people uh, in some areas of the game. But All Blacks aren't playing Minor 10 Cup. So that shouldn't be a concern mm. uh, about when this tournament starts. Um you know I just I would just love to see a sense of occasion back in mightet 10 cup I mean, you and I both know I, I love this tournament yeah. and the footy's fantastic yeah I mean you're going to have a couple of dud games here and there but by <laughs> and large the skill level is great uh the history of the tournament is really important that yeah. we protect that and cherish it and the players are our next generation of players yeah. they're going to come through and play super rugby this is the first time we see them in a first class environment I just sometimes wonder if we have just lost our way in terms of the sense of occasion of provincial rugby. Let's take the crowds out of it for a second because I think you've got to separate those two issues. Crowds are always a problem for any sporting team to attract people to a stadium. But the fact is it gets even harder when you don't even know when your team's playing next no. and who they're playing against and what that game might mean for the tournament,
5: yeah. And, and when you talk about the sense of pride, I mean, you're getting guys in the <laughs> championship that are beating the teams in the premiership. Totally. I mean, so I mean, and, and if you're not kind of not like understanding that, then I mean, you, I suppose, you've taken a little bit out of it. So, mm. you know, why not go back to that? This, you know, NPC. you look back, you know, 10 or 10 or so years ago, and you know, you had the crowd, you had that, uh, you know that provincial backing; everyone is right in behind it. You know, yep. um, unfortunately, it's lost its way a bit um, in, in terms of the the following, and perhaps it's because you know people are a little bit confused about how it all works. Speaking of awesomeness, what about Orgie Pulli pulling the pad <laughs> off the goalpost on Sunday? What was he? Hey, oh, that, that is such a great move. Oh, hey, hey, wow! Well, <laughs> the halfback can't score on the on the pads now, can they? Us. Was he going to get binned for that? Because, you know, the way the ref was talking, it was kind of like... I don't know. Uh, He obviously did it to stop them scoring
3: a try. He wanted to stop the game. Uh, Who thinks like that, for starters? That's the first question. (laughs) Who has the wherewithal to go, I know how to stop this. I'm going to pull the goal pad off the post. Then Mikey Lash, the referee, says, well, I can't penalise you, so we're just going to have to play the scrum. Had County's scrum been a bit better... They may well have got
5: out of danger. Yeah. That
3: would have been the winning of the game.
5: Yeah, well, exactly. And the thing is that well, I didn't didn't really quite see clear evidence that it was an actual try after that. But I was wondering what he was up to. You know, I thought he just wanted to sort of get in front of the post to make a tackle, but it was probably clear and obvious what he was looking at doing, and that's making 100%. sure they don't score on the uh, on the um, pads. There's one other player that I know has done this before. Who's that? Uh, you
3: would know this person. Played number eight. And ironically, for Bay of Plenty. Oh, not Colin Burke. Correct. Did he do that? Did he? Colin Burke's pulled off the same move in Japanese rugby. Oh, in Japan? Yeah, in Japan. And I don't know whether he got burned. I don't know what happened. But uh, yeah, Burkey started a trend. rip off the pad! Well, those pads are pretty thick these
5: days, aren't they? (laughs) Hey, (laughs) it's a mean. It's probably about
3: a meter and a half in front of the the actual line. I love that stuff. Also, um, just before we move on on this chat, uh, Turbo Man came up in conversation this week. We forgot Turbo Man in the mascot chat last week, so we do apologise to all the Manawatu uh, Two fans out there. Uh, Turbo Man is good. I'll give him that.
5: Turbo Man's good. Green Turbo Man.
3: Yeah, he goes all right. Uh, Speaking of uh, the minor 10 Cup, I just said before, uh, you know, young players coming through, a new generation of stars will go through naturally Super Rugby. What about one old man who's come back?
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices up
3: Top fifteen in the comp for tackles, top four for carries, top ten for metres run with the ball, top of all for defenders beaten with eleven, top ten for all floods, top five for line breaks, and the most kicks in play. Can you name that man? Mike Delaney. Correct.
5: There you go. Well, uh, correct it is, man. I mean, how mess, apart from the fact uh, I think he was injured in one game, he's had a magnificent season. Isn't it great? I mean, I remember talking to him uh, during the Lions series, and he was saying that you know he's wanting to come home and. You know, a lot of guys after their careers overseas tend to come home and sort of just go about their own way. Well, this guy's come back and sort of brought energy uh, and, uh, well, enthusiasm, obviously, but also experience. And so, um, you know, the way he played in the weekend and, and also against Southland. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, a, there was sort of one man that stood out in that game and that, and that was him. So, um, you might get a call up, mate. I you love, might, I love hey. any man who cramps up while taking the 79th minute drop goal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, oh, that's a... It was dead set the highlight of my round. If Mike Delaney plays well on Saturday, Auckland don't stand a chance. That's how valuable he is to Bay of Plant.
5: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And so, I mean, you've basically just given you know, Auckland their, their preview now, mate. Stop Mike Delaney. You've you? got to stop Mike Delaney. Yeah. We when, got it. it was so
3: good when Beaver Donald came on the field with about twenty five minutes to go. I thought this is the greatest matchup in Mitre 10 history. Yeah. Stephen Donald on Mike Delaney. You know the history there too. Yeah. You know the history there. Yeah. And sure enough, <laughs> Was Fozzie t- there? No, Fozzie was not there, oh, so their yeah. daddy is over in Argentina. But uh yeah, straight away, Beaver went for a show and go on Delaney. <laughs> <laughs>
5: straight, straight away. You knew that Be- was going to happen. Beaver goes on a show and go on everyone, mate. Well, that is very ball, true. Come on.
3: Ranfiller Shields up for grabs this week. Uh, milsey Canterbury taking on Waikato. Uh, do, Waik- do we give Waikato any chance here after Canterbury bounced back from that trouncing at the hands of Wellington, beat Harbour, had to come back in that game as well, second half, crushing of Harbour's dreams and hopes. Do we give Waikato any chance? Two wins so far out of seven
5: games. Yeah, I mean... I was quite impressed with Waikato at the beginning of the season. You know, those two wins were, were solid performances, really? you know, but uh, it's it's hard to go past Canterbury, you know. You know, they've sort of, um, you know, got dished up a little bit in Wellington. Well, they did, you know. Wellington gave them a good old decent, you know, flogging. And then, you know, the way they've come back against North Harbour. So, I mean, but anything can happen, you know. It's it's the Ranfurly really shield. And I think, you know, amongst all the players that are playing, that still holds a massive amount to them. So, hmm. um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No,
3: nah, the answer is no, isn't no. it? Canterbury win the shield again, and then they've got one last challenge after this against Taranaki, which could be an absolute bell ringer. Uh, we move on. Mills Rugby Championship back in action this week. Uh, we'll touch on Bloemfontein a little bit later. The Wallabies taking on the Springboks, but uh, first of all, the All Blacks in Argentina. I love the rhetoric around this game. How you know you've just come off a fifty-seven-nil hammering of South Africa. And everyone's going, oh, you know, Argentina will be tough at home. Let me tell you how tough they are at home. Blacks <laughs> have never lost there? That's how tough they are at home. Yeah, they are, yeah. Well, they drew there. What was it? They drew. Eighteen. They've drawn. They've drawn in Argentina, but they've never lost. No. They've never lost. They've got better. Has Argentina got better? No, they have
5: not. Yeah. No, uh, I don't see the All Blacks losing. Yeah, I definitely don't see them losing. No. No way. I think. I think when you talk about sort of. It's a just yeah. It's a different atmosphere. know I mean, I, have, I haven't played there before for, uh, for the All Blacks, but um, hundred test matches. You never played in Argentina. No, I was one of the ones that got left behind one year. Damn, you know. Ben and Barrett got on there. Yeah. Oh. Gee. Hey. Really? Yeah. Stink. So, but um, man. I, yeah. I mean, the last time they played there, they gave them an absolute. Vlogging. so although I, I would i put a caveat in here the last time
3: i saw a whole bunch of all blacks running around watching other teams play sport was in chicago yeah and uh that didn't end well either no but at least they've got nice river plate jerseys all of them oh
5: they have hey eh? yeah they've really nice. Jesus, I think they got they... one for me yeah no they're really they're really good i mean i think mean, that's one of the i think uh that can be a distraction and you talk about chicago and things like that and then you've got guys that have been left left behind. Yes, you've got to sort of play the um, the guys that haven't sort of had much, you know, just to keep um, that experience going. But, uh, you know, I think they would have learned from Chicago and I think, you know, um, you know, Shag and co. would have, you know, hammered in. Make sure you do your preparation. If you're going to go to watch the football, you've got to make sure you do all your stuff and, and that's the sort right. of stuff that they've got to get right.
3: Wide Crockett's there but he's going to be on the bench if they're consistent, uh, he didn't get the start last time uh, when Joe Moody got injured so he's not going to get the start this time which means Kane Hames will get the start at loose head, most penalised player in Super Rugby uh, six penalties against him uh, in his last outing for the All Blacks, six penalties oh, in one it? game uh, that's a hell of a rap sheet uh, they've got to play him because they've got to say now we, we back you, you've mm-hmm. got to go out there and do the job, what's interesting for me is in their loose forward mix, uh, I think they start Matt Todd uh, well, he's there. Um,
5: Sam Kane. Sam Kane. Kane's
3: go? not there. So, I, I so, mean, to me, Matt Todd, and they'll leave Xavier on the bench. Well, that was a really interesting talking point for me around the South African selection because they talked about the fact they wanted to keep as much of that bench together as possible because it's become a unit within the team. Yeah
5: it's almost uh, like it, another, a second team
3: right, right. Yeah. so if that's the case then Artie Savia is a bench player mm. Wyatt Crockett's okay. a bench player uh, then in the in the, lo- in the locking department what do you do with your mix because Romano is Romano. going to get a start yep. Barrett surely gets a start uh, do you put Paddy Tuipolotu as lock cover
5: or do you put Via Fafita as lock cover mm. slash loose forward cover or, or do you, you you straight out put Tuipolotu in there you know that I mean, and then you are sort of you you're sitting there with a mix. I'd, I'd probably like to see that really. Just get Patrick out there. He's just showing some good form mm-hmm. uh, during the minor um, ten cup. Um, uh, you know, Barrett has also had a fairly big uh, workload, so you know, perhaps you put Fafita back out there to sort of cover the lock Lucy, and that, that might be a good combination. Um, but Romano needs to start, you know. I think I think there's already talk out of there that he's he's going to start anyway. So I think that that'll be the mix I'd like to see out there for sure.
3: What about your bugbear around Damian McKenzie? You say he's an out and out fullback. All reports out of Argentina say Harvillie is going to start at fullback and D Mac is going to be covering first
5: five. Uh, you okay with that? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that as long as Steve's okay with that. I think you know. I, it's just when, you, when he's been introduced into, um, in my opinion, as if he's introduced into international rugby and he's playing good at fullback, you know, just let him find his way. In super rugby, he probably was the best, you know, out and out um, fullback. And so, you know, I'd like to say, see him stay there, you know, personally. Um, and perhaps, you know, the All Blacks have got a different sort of feel. You know, uh, Supuanga, well, he has to. Supuanga's uh, here with come his home. new, new That's baby. Right. So he's got his baby. Um, you know, obviously he does cover that position, but it gives David Harvey who's been in some outstanding form, but we've also heard, you know, he likes playing in the midfield. He so does.
3: He, does. he thinks he's a twelve. Speaking of twelves, we'll wrap this up here. Midfield is a conundrum again. Anton Leonard Brown for me starts at thirteen, no Ryan Crotty, so that's an out and out selection. Now, do you put Anton Leonard Brown, still a rookie in international mm. footy, with another rookie in Gunny Lamape? Yeah. Or do you, by virtue of the fact you are naturally conservative Put Sonny Bill back at twelve, so at least you've got
5: a senior veteran in that twelve role, which is a crucial role in the game. Oh, it is, and you know Sunny's been playing some solid football. So, you know, I, you know, for a little bit of stability, I think you'd put uh, Sonny um, back out there. You know, Mape will get opportunities over over the years, and he is an out, outstanding player. But um, you just need a little bit more experience, I and mean, they kind of showed um, in, in different aspects against the Lions when the uh, you know uh, Anton and. Uh, Lolmar were together, you know, they just, you know, a couple of occasions they lost their way, and that was just by, you know, like little wee handling errors and things. So I'd put S B back out there. He had a, uh, I thought he had a uh, fantastic performance against um, the Argentinians last time. Very solid, didn't mm-hmm. sort of have to do too much. And um, no I definitely put him back out there, of his take
3: on the Springboks. Uh, I pity the fools and Bloemfontein Oh, the Springboks have got to bounce back here. They they have no option. If they get dusted by the Wallabies on a home
5: track, they are in all sorts. Yeah, I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll definitely bounce back. It's just which sort of Wallabies team wants to turn up. You know, I mean, man, that, that first sort of 10 or so minutes or that, that whole game against the All-Blacks of Dunedin, you know, they're capable of actually winning some good footy. But in Bloom... If the spring box don't bounce back, then they could be in serious trouble. And it's, it's a funny thing, hey? We, we look back about a month ago, and all the talk was the spring box have changed. This yeah, was good that's exactly. and all of a the sudden, they're you know, they've, they've got 57 odd points yeah. against them, and the pressure's back on, the, on them again, which that, is that, that to me is the most staggering thing. All the talk we heard, Matty Pierce
3: out yep. uh, of Super Sport, who was over here commentating the game. All the reports from within the camp. We've turned a corner. Our culture's good. We know where we want to go. They strung together a series of victories. That is a massive reverse.
5: Oh, it is. nil. Yeah, yeah. Woo! And, and that's the thing a lot of people don't realise. You know, you, yeah, you come off on a big high after a Super Rugby campaign. Yeah, you drew against the Australians, and then all of a sudden you get dusted up. Uh, this is where, you know, they actually have to try and define themselves. Do they still think you know, that whole culture that they're talking about, you know, believing in themselves, now they're in a situation where they've got to bounce back. And it's, it's often the mental, the mental side that's probably a bit more powerful than the, the physical side. Millsy, uh, finishing up the short ball today,
3: uh, three countries have uh, put in bids for the Rugby World Cup 2023. France rolled out uh, Jonah's sons on Sebastian Chabal's knee, which uh, is one of the most awkward things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Ireland, I think, rolled out Bono and Bob Geldof. Um, I don't know what South Africa did. The Guptas? <laughs> did they roll out the Guptas? Where do you see this going? I, to me, I'm, I'm all for Ireland. I'm all for Ireland based on the fact that I, I think they're well ahead of where the others are in terms of their bid. I think it would be a fantastic World Cup. I think it would be a great show uh, to the world that, that Ireland has taken seriously in the game. Uh, they're coming off a high of last year and what happened against the All Blacks in those back-to-back games. Th- this is a way, I think, to re-energise the game in a country uh, not too dissimilar to New Zealand in terms of size and population yeah. uh, and the intimacy of the venues. Yeah. I think it would be a wonderful World Cup.
5: Yeah, I, def- I definitely, I, I, I um, tend to agree with you with Ed Sumo and I think you know they've got plenty of really good venues. I know they you know, play a lot of Gaelic football and a bit of hurling and stuff there, so um, but they are, you know, they're well ahead in terms of, um, you know, their bid, um, you know, the the popularity of the game in Ireland. Yes, it's a similar size to them, but the popularity is just absolutely growing. And also their women's game has yeah. uh, been fantastic as well. So I think they are, and you yeah, need to give them a chance, you know, give them a chance to be able to, um, you know, host something like that. I know, you know, I think, you know, South Africa's, you know, had had their turn, but, you know, there's so many different things uh, that are hindering um, whether it gets there or not. And also, you know, the the French as well. So I'd like to see it go to Ireland for sure.
3: I mean, what was intriguing for me about the French is that, you know, the comments made that if we don't have the World Cup, uh, you know, it'll destroy rugby here because, you know, well, you've destroyed rugby yourselves Mm -hmm. by allowing egomaniac billionaires to take control of the game. (laughs) I mean, France has not done a single thing for the world game. It has all been about self interest. Uh, their clubs are self interested. What, what, what's throwing a World Cup at France going to do to change that? Absolutely nothing.
5: Maybe bring them some more
3: money. Yeah, well, that, that, that's exactly right. And, and here again, it's self interest. And then what <laughs> do the clubs say? So well, we, we don't want to stop playing, so you can have a window to play a World Cup. I think it'd be a debacle.
5: Yeah, no, nah, yeah, definitely. And that's why, you know, as, as we talked about before, it's got to, you know, it'd be great to see it in Ireland. You know, you won't sort of. You don't have those outside influences, you know, and it's pure, and you've seen it in New Zealand. You know, how, how great was that? Probably the best World Cup It was okay. Ever. It was okay. Hey? It was okay. Well, it helped that the home side won too, though. Well, that, well,
3: that certainly did. That certainly did. Imagine Ireland winning a World Cup in their home country. Oh, mate. we drunk for weeks. on a bit of Guinness over there
5: too, mate. No, I've never been to Ireland. I'd like to go. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm starting the campaign. Oh, no, I can see why you're throwing uh, A's. I'm starting the campaign. Yeah, still, I, want Island, eh? I want to
3: go somewhere different. Yeah, I'm starting uh, the campaign. Okay, okay. 2023, here we come. The short ball. Live every day during the Rugby World Cup
1: 2023.
3: That'll do it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Might attend Cup all week long. Of course, the Rugby Championship continues. The two big games Argentina hosting the All Blacks, South Africa hosting the Wallabies. So much more as well, including all the best from up north uh, on RugbyPass.com. Make sure you subscribe today. By the way, Dave Rennie's Glasgow, top of the table. No. Oh,
5: Oh, mate. Chiefs mana. Jeepers.